Jurassic Park for a minute. We'll be discussing the second Jurassic Park sequel one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And Dave. And today we're back to discuss minute 48 of Jurassic Park 3. But before we get to that, um, David, over at Jurassic Dashpedia, we have a fantastic article here put up by uh, Tyrannosaur TJ on the uh, Ankylosaurs photo here of the ones we see during this minute in Jurassic Park 3. It is their introduction to the franchise and we get a good shot of them here and um, we could have had a lot more of them in the movie as well mm-hmm. with the deleted scene being uh, put back in or finished. But also, too, there's a good little write-up on their inclusion in Jurassic World as well that we uh, we see them in that, that film as well. So Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom. So yeah, head over to jurassic Dashpedia and uh, do a search for Ankylosaurus and you'll find the, uh, the article there. Mm-hmm. If he'd been with you, he'd be completely safe. You drive five miles under the speed limit, Paul. And I've totaled three cars in three years. Well, not three. The Buick wasn't really totaled. I just said it was because I wanted to get the SUV. Dave, ready to get into 48? Uh, sure, yeah. As we're in minute 47 of Jurassic Park 3, Grant asks Eric if he'd read Malcolm's book. And as the minute ended, Eric said that Malcolm was kind of high on himself. As we open on minute 48, Grant smiles and says, well, that's two things we have in common. At the nine second mark, we can hear a chirping. Eric looks up surprised and says, listen, compies, and rushes over to the hatch of the water tanker. At the 16 second mark, we cut outside as Eric closes the hatch, sealing it from the inside and the small creatures come on the scene, hopping and jumping around cheerfully, one even catching a large insect. The small animals don't seem to notice Eric and continue past the swamp. At the 28 second mark, we cut back to the treetops in the jungle. As Bill is calling out for Alan, herbivores can be heard making noise on the jungle floor below him. At the 38 second mark, he cries out for Alan one last time, before we transition away from his look of disappointment. Two ankylosaurs grazing on the jungle floor below him. At the 53 second mark we cut to a distraught looking Amanda as she leans back on the branch of a tree. No matter how this turns out, it's not your fault. And he continues, Eric's always been a strong little kid. And this ends minute 48 of Jurassic Park 3. As we end minute 47, Grant had asked Eric his opinion of uh, Malcolm's book, and Eric had said he felt Malcolm was kind of high on himself, which was a good little joke. And as we open 48, Grant just smiles to himself and says, that's two things we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, it's a great little moment of um, levity here, and uh, the two sort of take a moment to reflect on how humorous is, how humorous it was. But um, one thing I did want to mention and bring up here, we discussed it back when uh, we seen the family video with um, them discovering the parasail and that, and how we never really got an explanation as to what happened to Ben and how much of a shame it was that we didn't get any of that conversation between Grant and Eric here in the water tanker. But you could tell um, Grant hasn't sort of been... Uh, he's, he's been positive. He's sort of been saying, you've, you're very lucky to have survived and, and being very positive here because you can sort of see how long being alone... Has, or what being alone has affected Eric. Mm-hmm. Just a thought here, though. Is Sam Neill short, or is um, 
uh, what's the actor's name? The kid playing Eric Kirby, is he tall? Because he seems kind of tall for a 12-year-old. Yeah, we might have to bring that subject back up when we get to them all at the fence and they're standing side by side. Um, it does look like, maybe it's because Eric's sitting up on, on a box here or a bit higher in the water tanker. Mm-hmm. So you definitely notice it too when they get into the water tanker, Grant sort of has to take a couple of attempts to get get in and get to where he's seated where Eric sort of can move around inside the tanker quite well but I'd, we might have, we probably would have checked IMDB when we started when we started talking about the actor but I don't think we said how old he actually was when he filmed this no I don't think we did but I, I did think I do believe we have mentioned that he does look a bit older <laughs> older than what the age he was supposed to be because even now, as the two talk to each other, Grant's being careful to stay optimistic and talk about the positives. Um, mm-hmm. How Ben died or how they got stuck in the iron isn't really important at this stage, and it might just lead to upsetting Eric yeah. further. It's actually probably one of those things he learned dealing with, to how to deal with kids, basically, once he started his relationship with Ellie. And if, even though that we know that didn't go anywhere, we know that he probably did get... We know that he began to like kids after the events of Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, we see the same or similar things where he's sort of learning to do that up in the tree. Mm-hmm. He's, he's interacting with Tim while he's telling the jokes and knowing how bad those jokes are, he's still having a little bit of a chuckle as well, just to humour the kid and um, and just telling him that he's going to stay up all night to, to watch out while they sleep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very similar here again. He's just sort of trying to keep the, the subject matter and keep talking and keep Eric, keep Eric sort of not really thinking about what's happened and more about the future and what's going to happen. We're getting off this island. Well, another thing to consider is that yeah, I'm sure he can relate to Eric as having that, um, ju- well, Jurassic experience, I guess you could call it, because um, he knows what it's like to have been stuck in the wilderness on a tropical island being chased by dinosaurs. Of course, he was only for two days, not for two weeks, or two months, but, mm. you know, I, I, yeah. he's connecting with Eric through that. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, the silence is broken pretty quickly by some squeals and chirps from outside, and we know we know what these sounds are, and Eric pretty much looks up and at the noise and says, listen, and then compies and gets up and runs over to the hatch of the tanker and mm-hmm. um, we get that cut outside and we finally get a shot of that tanker laying on an angle buried in the swamp uh, you get some crates and debris mm-hmm. littering the air in the water we get to see a bit more and that in detail in the next couple of minutes but um yeah we can see eric through the hatch just as uh, he grabs a handle and pulls the hatch closed one of the compies sort of comes into view now the um, special features for the movie said that the compies were like five feet long and three feet tall. Which <laughs> I'm not quite sure where they got that measurement from because the compies are clearly not that big in the previous movie. That, that, that'd be as big as Kathy on the beach. <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't have to kneel down to feed it roast beef. That'd just be head height. All right. Wow. That's almost the... Um... The proper size of velociraptors, isn't it? About three foot, three four foot tall. Yeah. yeah you're right. That is about that size. But these are these are pretty much our classic compies. They they seem to be a little bit darker green 
than what we've seen previously. And I don't... We only see one or two real clear here. The rest are sort of blurry, but we don't see that sort of colour differentiation in them as much as we've seen in The Lost World. And unfortunately, it's all CG here. There's no mm. no rod puppets or that. But um, I think it's effective. The, the CG looks good mm. on the little guys as they're sort of jumping and hopping around and squawking. And, and One goes after, it looks like it goes after like a little dragonfly or a bug or something. Yeah, yeah. But the scene does, does imply that Eric has... Um, ran into the copies before so he knows what he knows what that sound means you know yeah and we'll get to it a little bit more in either the script or the uh, novel it's implied almost that they've uh, been inside that water tanker with him because of the food issue um you have chocolate laying around you're gonna get ants <laughs> i'll say <laughs> is this how you want ants because this is how you get ants yeah yeah but yeah grab the bug and i'd love here too how it's sort of a similar time of day like that late afternoon is what we got when we first seen the compies in the lost world um, mm-hmm. when it appears next to Dita as he's sort of cooling off there off the water hinting at all showing that maybe these animals possibly nocturnal but are getting out at that late afternoon when the bugs start to come out and mm-hmm. not just before nightfall then they're shown to be hunters but presumably I think the real animal was more of a like like uh, Burke said, they're presumed to be scavengers as well as probably insectivores. They're probably just going after the um, mega bugs of the what was it, the Triassic? I think they yeah, were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the big dragonflies, three foot wingspan dragonflies, and that. <laughs> exactly. Which makes you wonder what was in their minds. Were they just really hungry when they seen Dita in that creek? Mm. That's that's a big prey to go after. That is, yeah. Then again, at the same time, I think it's interesting because um, in the novel, they're presumed to be scavengers, and they are shown to, be, to hunt, though, you know? Hmm. But uh, that's where we leave the water truck. We cut back to the jungle, and we get to hear some animal uh, growls and groaning from down below the tree as Billy's calling out for Alan. Uh, once again, Paul and Amanda sitting together, Paul sort of looking down and scouting the area with a torch. Billy walks along the branch and calls out Alan's name again. Mm-hmm. This sort of setting here, these fake tree branches and all that sort of, it looks a little better now that it's darker. <laughs> you don't mm-hmm. see, don't see that sort of fake bark and the texture that looks mm-hmm. way off. Well, to be fair, I mean that's really how the Lost World got away with a lot of its sets. Most of the sets in both the Lost World and Jurassic Park were mostly night scenes. I think the only on location night scenes I can think of were the um, mid hike philosophy where um, where Roland and Nick are having that little chat at night that was done at Prairie Creek Red uh, I mean sorry that was done at Fern Canyon in the Prairie Creek Red, Redwoods mm. and so most of the sets or most of the night scenes were done on a set. Uh, another one I think that I remember was not a was not a set was um, Nedry going through the park or uh, entering the park uh, rather that was done on location uh, um, with the actual with the gate that they had built on location. Hmm. Yeah, which would have been interesting. You could assume. Oh, I think I'm sure I've seen it behind the scene or something, or just the water the water crane set up above him as he's driving. That might be I. 
Don't know how they did that. I know they kind of did that on on deadline because um, the sky was already clouded out, and then they added a dark filter to it to make it appear like it was night. It was shot in like the evening. Yeah, well, that's one of those one of those production photos that was a bit of a head scratcher because you see a lot of shots of that jeep parked in front of those gates, and it seems to be day daylight or late late afternoon. Where in the film, it's nowhere near then. Mm-hmm. But um, we cut down to presumably the animal that's making those sounds, and we get a pair of ankylosaurs grazing on the jungle floor mm-hmm. below their tree. And I'd never put this down to being the same location. Obviously, yes, you can hear the animals in the couple of seconds previous, but I always thought this was just a cut to some random location, just as a transition from afternoon to night, and these some of the. Uh, local inhabitants coming out mm-hmm. at night time but this seems to be the jungle right under them mm-hmm. the uh in, no it is the jungle on, uh, right after them because after you see them pass you can see their um flashlights up in the tree above the tail mm. but yeah um the encounters pictured here are actually not the same clones shown in um Jurassic World, which is interesting because I believe in the marketing for Fallen Kingdom, it was pointed out that the Ankylosaurs were one of the legally cloned uh, species. But you can tell that the model is different because, like, for example, um, the the spikes on the side of the Ankylosaurus in um, Jurassic Park 3 are like a duller shape than the uh ones in jurassic world and yeah well they're they're real long and curving in jurassic world aren't they yeah they are almost like bullhorns to go running down the side pretty much yeah yeah they are and so in jurassic world the coloration is different they don't have any of the red or anything they're more of a grayish color mm. yeah because then we get a um a different variation in the trailer for fallen kingdom where the dead ones on the side it's a different subspecies of different species of ankylosaurid, isn't it? That dead yeah, one. Yeah, that's a what is it, Euoplocephalus or something like that. <laughs> it was um, actually one of the species that had first appeared in the Jurassic Park franchise in the Lost World script, where um, Burke mentions that they uh, that when they flew over the island, they spotted what they thought was a herd nesting together, and it turned out that upon closer inspection, it was a herd that had been driven off a cliff by a predator, So, and Burke had assumed that the species was once again extinct. Oh, okay. So I always thought that its inclusion in um, Fallen Kingdom was something of a Easter egg. Yep. Yep, and there would not be a lot of people that get that one. <laughs> And it's sort of, um, even just the colour of them here, we sort of get that reddish colour as well later on for the Brachiosaurs. Just, and even sort of the Spinosaurs got a lot of this red on it as well. And yeah. the um, Ceratosaurus is probably more of an orange, but just just how much the um, they're going away from that green or brown mm-hmm. um, that we've seen previously. Yeah, the, uh, Jurassic Park 3 really goes into the colorations and that's something that I really did like about the dinosaur designs of this movie is how much they go in and start just getting away from that doll doll coloration 
of the grays and the greens and the browns and the earth colors and start thinking outside the box of what these animals might have looked like. And that's kind of something that I'm finding disappointing with the Jurassic World movies is that they keep going for the browns and the boring colors, you know? Well, that's one thing I hope they do. Uh, well, he's going to follow close to this with Jurassic World 3 where, especially when there's going to be more people cloning, there should be no reason to stick to that that green and brown. We should be mm-hmm. able to see some variety. Yeah, that's actually another reason why I like The Lost World. It's just because it goes after all those... The males we uh, are introduced to, like the male Velociraptors and the male T-Rex, both have vibrant colors. The male is green and yellow and has a big waddle on his neck, and the Velociraptors are bright, fiery orange, like a, like a tiger, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's... And that gives perfect reason to change the colours up instead of we just need to sell more toys. You go from Jurassic World into, Jurassic, into the Lost World, uh, Jurassic Park into the Lost World, and you have males come in, so you've got a reason to show different colours, different designs, and that sort of thing. Um, here, okay, well, there's some dinosaurs here we haven't seen before, so you can play around with their colours and everything else, and very similar to Jurassic World, where, okay, we've got females, or we got the same species here that we've climbed previously, Going into Fallen Kingdom, well, technically it should be the same animals that were on the island, and mm-hmm. now going into Jurassic World Freed, and right, we should be able to. We're going to make new animals. We're going to make more animals. We should be able to get that diversity in there. But that's a wait and see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not holding out hope, but I. It is one thing I <laughs> I do hope that they yeah. look at. And something about the dinosaurs, and, and I'm sorry, we're kind of getting off tangent. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Keeps us away from American physically designed. It just seems to take things and step back. Like, for example, the Stegosaurus, uh, their tails drag, and <laughs> it's raised a little bit for a Fallen Kingdom, but in the but in the first Jurassic World movie, it's like they went and purposely started designing stuff from the 1960s instead of thinking how these designs looked in the 1990s. And instead of and it wasn't just that they didn't bring things forward. The kicker uh, was that they didn't that they brought things backwards. Mm. Yeah, you'd, you'd almost you wouldn't laugh if you see an iguanodon with a horn on its nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we didn't. Uh, no, that that tangent's fine because it's keeping us away from Amanda and Paul, which is where we go to next. <laughs> um, Amanda's lying up against a tree on, on the branch here and sort of just staring up to the sky, not. Not really doing a lot, but um, we get that sort of slow music start to play, and Paul says quietly, no matter how this turns out, it wasn't your fault. And Amanda blinks slowly, not seeming to be in a talking mood, and as the minute ends, Paul continues, Eric's always been strong-willed, or a strong-willed kid. And we get the rest of that conversation next minute, mm-hmm. which will probably be a short minute, because there's not a lot there, but uh, that's where we are with 48. Um Anything you want to talk about there before we get into the script and novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we covered that pretty well. All right. There is a little bit more here from the script. We don't get the compy scene, but just cuts from Grant saying that's two things we have in common to the tree. Um, the trio is where we left them, perched up in the branches. They're far from safe, but um, nothing's after them for a while. In Billy's eyes, we can see a storm of guilt raging, but he's um, he hasn't said anything and won't say anything. He's sort of feels it's his fault that um, 
Grant's Grant's missing and Grant's got the eggs with him too in this script and finds out about the eggs so that'll come back in a little bit but um, Amanda says we we can't just stop looking Eric and Dr. Grant are out there somewhere and Paul says uh, I want to find him too but we can't go um, do a bit of good right now for every scary thing we saw in the daylight there's um, I bet there'll be ten times more <laughs> of them at night and sort of looks to Billy and says am I right and Billy just says he doesn't know Paul says, I thought you were the expert, and Billy says, Dr. Grant was. And um, then we get Amanda, well, Dr. Grant isn't here, so we're going to have to figure out what to do ourselves. And Amanda's impressed by uh, her own determinations. After a bit of a pause, she asks, so what do we do? No one has the faintest clue. And as we cut to the, uh, the nighttime shot where we had the ankylosaurs in the film, we get sort of various shots of uh, the island and the creatures of Isla walking past in the shadows and some look up at the light in the tree that um, Paul's got that torch going up there and suddenly one of the creatures is attacked by another. We hear rolling, snarling, hissing, just seeing the outline of the fight just as fast as it begins, the fight is over and the winner snakes on the loser. The rest goes on in the film. I just thought it's interesting there where we had that sort of them saying there's something there's always something there's always the bigger fish out there or you think you're seeing all the danger during the day there's going to be a lot more at night uh, mm-hmm. with a lot of these animals being nocturnal and just here below them as they're talking something gets attacked and killed um, and they don't see what it is they just see the shadows so that actually would have been a lot of fun and almost it kind of reminds me of something that they would have done with Harryhausen you know with the um where you I'm thinking King Kong 1933, where we got the um, view of Andero uh, pressed up against the cliff, and we see the shadows of King Kong and the T-Rex fighting. And uh, that would have been really cool to have seen, just because it would have felt like a um, nod to the effects of yesteryear. Hmm. It also, too, just show us that this, da- this jungle's dangerous. It's one thing that sauna has never really purveyed, is just how dangerous the jungle can be, especially the Costa Rican jungle. <laughs> um, like, the amount of times we see people in water and they never come out with a leech on them or anything like that, or ticks or even snakes. There's not really... We don't really see, apart from birds, we don't see any other wildlife <laughs> apart from the animals. Maybe they're being eaten, but... I suppose I've said that before, the compies of scavengers are going to be picking off small animals like that for food, you'd imagine. Especially with a, um, the population of animals that are on the island, they're going to be doing a good job of eating a lot of the small stuff. Yeah. But uh, in the novel, we get a little bit more at the end of the uh, tanker scene. After saying Ian was full of himself, Eric uh, finds it difficult to listen anymore and he's tired and hungry. He reaches into his pocket and pulls out a candy bar that he'd scavenged just before he'd spotted Grant and the Raptors. Um, he'd learnt very, uh, he learnt the hard way not to keep too much food in his shelter, which, as we were saying before, if the compies, maybe maybe they got in, but we see in the film he's got that box of chocolate there and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be damaged at all. I wonder if that's something from the comic. Maybe he had a previous shelter and animals got into it because he had too much food stacked there. Well, that might be why he moved a little bit further away from the lab, just because there was too many too many animals in the area, mm-hmm. especially the raptors. But uh, he's halfway finished before he noticed the uh, hard swallows of his companion 
And he goes, oh, right, reminds himself human share food, and here he says, and hands the other half of the bar to Grant, uh, then watches in fascination as the otherwise reserved scientists tore into it like a T-Rex. Um, he'd seen scavenging its prey, which, again, another little reference there to something else that may have happened on the island that we'll never see or know about. Mm. But that's uh, that's it for 48. Dave, anything else on that before we get every for the day? No, I think we're good. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at lostworldminute.com. The main website is jurassicminutes.wordpress.com and you can find the Lost World Minutes and Jurassic Minutes over on Facebook with the uh, pages there. David, where are you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, Twitter, we are at Jurassic Minute. Uh, Instagram is the Jurassic Minutes Podcast. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. If we split up, I'm going with you guys. Dinosaurs lived 65 million years ago. What is left of them is fossilized in the rocks. And it is in the rock that real scientists make real discoveries. Now what John Hammond and InGen did at Jurassic Park is create genetically engineered theme park monsters. Nothing more and nothing less. Uh, are you saying that you wouldn't want to get onto Isla Sorna and study them if you had the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven. Get me on that island. You're Desky. Hello? Charlie! Charlie! Hello? Charlie, take the phone to mommy now! Take the phone to mommy! It's the, it's the dinosaur there!